people to another episode another edition of playing hurt i am cj hurt joined alongside as always my man on the far right today Mm -hmm. what's up drew not much you know just still always on my grind i've got a couple of uh personal announcements to make before we uh Start the show. Make them quick. You know we first, got jam packed. I, I show, know. Man. I know. We got a lot to talk about, and I'm gonna get. I'm gonna make them real quick. So first one is, uh, I have. I need. I need people to be on the lookout for my jacket. It's a Highland Hundred blue windbreaker. This thing is. This jacket is as old as me. It's from like the mid '90s. It's my favorite jacket. I went to the Denver Nuggets Grizzlies game. What is that? Almost two weeks ago, and left it. And nobody turned it in. So if you see it, hit me up on Twitter. And if you have it, can I please have it back? Is there another announcement? There is. Real quick, I got this assignment for class in my advanced social media class. Uh, I've got to make things go viral. So um, I can make a hashtag go viral. So Wait, that's a class trying yeah, to get ad- things to go viral? It's advanced social media. It's one of our uh, projects of the year. So... And it has to be related to your blog that you run throughout the class. And my blog is about uh, sports history in Memphis over the last 20 years. So, Where can they find that blog? They can find it at memphissportshistory.com. Actually. Now, now, you have this wonderful podcast platform to get people to go to your blog, and you don't know the name of your own blog. It's memphissportshistory.com <laughs> backslash Wix or something like that. I don't know. Just Google it. So, <laughs> but, like, so the project, so to make this thing go viral is, like, you have to get, like, so many, like, retweets or uh, posts about or shares on Facebook, Instagram, whatever. So what I would like for our lovely audience to do is to tweet... Put on Facebook, Instagram, your favorite Memphis moment in Memphis sports history. And all you have to do is hashtag it with Memphis sports history. I like it. I like it. We have a special guest in studio. Been a long time coming. Mr. Marcus Hunter, fresh from Jackson, Mississippi. What's going on, man? Not much, CJ. How's it going, uh, CJ and Drew? Glad to be here on the uh, Playing Hurt podcast. Like you said, been a long time coming. Been trying to trying get to on figure the show, it out, man. Yeah. I mean, we've time. had Cerrito on twice, and I've been trying to get on, but you know, the whole whole Jackson, Mississippi mm-hmm. thing kind of hurts. It, it will do that to you. It will do that I, to you. Have you seen down. Drew's jacket? Since, I, we, since we spent, yeah, you since know, we spent 45 seconds begging for speak, people to turn in. I really jacket. want my jacket Hey, back. speaking of Drew's jacket, um, I think it was like back in 2010, I left my New York Yankees World Series uh, hat. It was the inaugural season. They were playing in the New Yankee Stadium. They right. made the World Series that year. I have a hat. On one side has the – no, it was the last season they played at Yankee Stadium. Right, right, right. One, one side has the – old Yankee Stadium on it. The other side has the World Series on it. They don't make those hats anymore. And I left it at FedEx Forum. was never found again. So if you find Drew's jacket, 
and you have my hat along with you, I need that uh, too. And here's a real lesson of the story. If you find something, turn it into exactly. lost and found. I know. Don't I, be stealing. I went to lost and found for like an entire month mm-hmm. for that hat. And I left I left mine on press row. Like that's the craziest thing. Like So not, somebody in the media's got Yeah, it. not press row, like the up top press uh-huh. row. The on the floor press row. I was sitting there for that game. <sighs> and they told me you gotta take your hat off if you're gonna sit down here. Mm-hmm. So I took my hat off and Well I was up in the nosebleeds. I think I got free tickets to that game, but it's still it's just you know, oh. I feel like if I found something that lo- that I would turn it in, definitely. And it kind of upsets me that in the society that we live in here in Memphis, Tennessee, I can't trust you folks to do the same. Good grief. I all just right. want my jacket. Can we get on to today's topic? Are we going to spend all time, all day talking about the things we've lost? Because I've got an interesting jacket story that almost cost me my life. Life. Oh, I got to hear it now. Uh, maybe if we have time at the end. We're going to have time. No, no. Maybe, so you, maybe if we have time. We'll so we're going to talk time. about, no. we're talking about passing it today. <laughs> I want to hear the jacket I know story. you do. I'll tell you off air. Ooh. We're going to talk about passing it today and uh, coaching replacements for Memphis. Uh, we're going to talk about how will the passing era be remembered. We're going to talk about my general disillusionment with sports and how sad I've been all week. Uh, so it's gonna be a great show. Are are we doing the stories? No, right, not this no? week. I have one. You have one. Well, we'll do it because the one you did last week it kind of picked up steam, and that's exactly what I was gonna talk about. The I saw you uh, tweeted it. The, yeah, yeah. About the, the shirts, the Caucasian shirts that Bomani Jones infamously wore on Mike and Mike when he filled in for Mr. Goldie. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who don't know, the the shirt says Caucasians on it. Like the Indians mm-hmm. of Major League Baseball acclaim, and instead of having Chief Wahoo, Wahoo, mm-hmm. there is Chief White Man, <laughs> White Man, blonde hair, blue eyes, and instead of feathers behind his head, it's a dollar sign. And so Bomani Ward, it uh, there were a lot of replies and responses to it, and we were talking about it a almost a full week before he decided to wear that shirt. Mm-hmm. So uh, kudos to you, Mister Barrett. Thank you. And so let's g- hop into this passenger stuff. Were man. you guys tipped off that he was going to wear the shirt? No clue. Nope. No. So here's how this works. Usually, usually we have Justin Ford, USA Today photographer Justin Ford, on the show with us, and so we talk about a major topic, and then the last 15 minutes or so, we talk about just random weird stories that appear in sports. Drew brought up the fact that uh, the Indians were trying to get away from Chief Wahoo, the mascot, and moving Mm -hmm. him down to some of their minor league clubs. Not getting rid of him entirely out of the Mm -hmm. franchise, but moving him down to the minor league, the actual physical mascot. Um, We had a conversation. Go back and listen, uh, people, to that conversation towards the end of last week's episode. It was. And we had that conversation. And then, lo and behold, Bumani goes out there and rocks uh, the Caucasian shirt, which I ordered. He must have. Oh, you got, you got your one? I, I ordered it as soon as I was I, about. I, I was about it. to order it, but then I realized I got to pay bills in a week, and I just want to make sure I got enough money. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's only like twenty two bucks, but twenty two bucks. It's that's. I mean, that can determine whether my lights stay on or I got cold beer in the fridge. Twenty two I mean, bucks. Something. I can. I can eat for a week and a half off twenty two bucks. Twenty really? Yeah. I'm a survivor. I can't. I mean, you <laughs> said a week or a week and a half. Week and a half. What do you have in ramen and cereal for every <laughs> no, meal? No, no, no. I mean, if you get, you can, you can get, you can get, you can do. You it. can. Yes, you can. You buy you a package of of chicken, uh, for about ten dollars. Go get you a five for twenty somewhere. Go get you hit up the five for twenty. Always hit up the five for twenty. Gotta get the always five the five for twenty. You get five meats for twenty dollars. That's that's twenty right there. Where where the heck is that at? 
Uh, I'll show you some of the meat markets. Some save a lots have it. Some yeah. of your your Piggly lower wigglies. your lower in grocery stores uh, and stuff like that. You can you can mur- or your local chains. Your local chains. I massacre five for twenty. Right. And there's a and there's a little meat shop right across from Chains Wings that I like to frequent from time to time. I just got me a five for twenty in the beef. It's like two pounds, and it was still a part of the five. Yeah, I'm like, what? A, yeah, two two pounds. I need Man. to start shopping at these places. Yeah, yeah you do. Listen. I mean, I don't even shop. I barely even go to Kroger anymore. The only reason I go there now is because it's a, literally a block away from my house. Yeah. Well, Kroger's kind of high. Yeah, that is that is. One <laughs> oh no, I was looking at pork chops yesterday, and I was like, "You want me to pay fifteen dollars for like a six three six ounce pork chops? Let me let me crazy. tell you, let me tell you something. Crazy five for twenty. You can buy like 20 pork chops. Yeah. 20 pork chop packages. Oh, I love yeah. pork chops. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's hop into this, man. How will Passner be remembered? How will this era, Drew, be remembered? How are you going to remember it? I'm going to remember it like I think most fans are going to remember it. I'm going to remember all the potential and all the great, all the potentially good players that we had here in Memphis that just weren't developed and that Passner just was not able to develop. Um, and. It just ultimately did not work out with at Memphis. And one thing that I know that I always remember about Josh Pastor is that he's a broken record. He says the exact same things over and over again. And uh, if you listen to his press conference at Georgia Tech yesterday, he said the exact same thing at his press conference that he's been saying for the last seven years here at Memphis. Well, why wouldn't all you? he did was change Memphis to Atlanta? Why wouldn't you? I mean, you- it's two different schools. How the heck do they still apply? And uh, he got he got hired. Yeah. He, he he's making millions of dollars saying the exact same thing. Why change now? You get what I'm saying? Yeah, if you're, if you're but, making millions and it's working, there's no reason for you to change. But it wasn't working. That's the it thing. Wasn't? Well, he he always, it wasn't. He always. How wasn't it working? We didn't win. Who cares about that? Let's, no, let's, I know. No, I know. I know. It's about the money. Okay, so if he's getting paid 2.65 million dollars at Memphis saying the same thing, and then he goes to Georgia Tech, and Memphis is paying him a million dollars. Ill mm. and Georgia Tech is playing them. I say the same thing repeatedly over and over again. He said the exact same thing day one as he did in the last month of his time here at Memphis. Favorite quote from Passner was it? Is it that everybody's don't, good? No, uh, it could be either everybody's good or don't be a negative Nelly. Oh, the negative Nelly. <laughs> and the, yeah, negative Nellies. How you gonna remember him, Marcus? The the not him, the yeah. man, the the Passner era. As the forgotten seasons, I'm going to remember the passionate era as the forgotten seasons because they were all seasons that started off with a lot of promise. They underachieved each one of them, and Tiger fans are going to really want to forget the Josh Passionate era. The players that played during this era are going to be forgotten players. I mean, Josh, Joe, Joe Jackson was supposed to be a stud, supposed to be a star. In a few years, you know, Joe Jackson is going to be, you know, a part of, you know, Cerrito trivia. You know, just who was that, <laughs> you know, who was that Memphis Tiger, uh, that, that 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 Tiger player who, you know, didn't make a dunk in the dunk contest when he was in high school. I mean, that's going to be tri- Tiger trivia right there. So that's what I'm going to remember it as, the lost years of Tiger basketball. Because Tiger basketball started to fade away, and that's when you saw football began to get good, mm-hmm. and the Grizzlies started to dominate. And people just try to forget about the basketball team. That is, that is something Pastor can write, um, you know, hang his hat on. Is he's the only man to ever make Memphis a football school? Yeah, he, yeah, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. Okay, all right. So everybody's down on the Pastor era. Somebody had to fill in for Coach Cal. It wasn't going to be, uh, I guess, was Cal the golden age of Tiger basketball? 
It was close. It, close. It's yeah. close. You know, you have to put it up there with you know the the Dana Kurtz, the Dana Kurtz, the um, Gene Bartow era, or even the Larry Finch era with um, with Andre Turner, Elliot Perry, and um, Penny Hardaway. Yep. So I mean, you got it, it's up there uh, definitely, it's, but. It's up there. It was. I, up there. I think. I think out of out of the three coaches I named before Calipari, I think it was harder to, you know, follow that up. It, it was a lot more of a fearful thing to do is to follow Calipari than I think it would have than it was to follow Kurt or Barto or Finch. And that's that's my point. You got a coach in here. Nobody wanted to follow Cal. That's how it's that's hard kinda, to follow that's, a legend. That's that's, that's kind of how Passner got into Memphis in the first place. He mm-hmm. was. No, way down on their list of people to hire, and so I mean it, the pressure got to him eventually, just like it would most of us out there. And uh, fortunately for him, he had a remarkable deal that basically made him made it impossible to buy him out. Mm-hmm. And then he got a he got a great job out of it. He got a real good job going mm-hmm. to Georgia Tech. That, um, that might be something that people remember remember about him too is the buyout, the ten point three. That's a that is a I'm going to be nice to everybody and I'm going to get passing his agent to do all of my contracts because that is remarkable mm-hmm. that he was able to get that contract the way that he got it. What's next for the program? I mean, first and foremost, it it's all on Bowen's shoulders shoulders right now. This hire, no matter how well I tweeted this out yesterday, actually, and I got a lot of a lot of retweets. I was pretty I was pretty happy. What, what with was where did you tweet it out from, Drew? Where did I tweet it out from? Yes. My What's phone? your account? Oh, I was like, my phone? <laughs> what account? I think man? I was on Southern <laughs> Avenue sitting on Reed. the train. What what account did you tweet it out from, Drew? <laughs> so they know you're three six. All right, D-Barrett 36 is where you need to go yeah. to get this tweet. What, so what I said it? yesterday that no matter how well Norvell does in football and how much better the football team continues to thrive, this next hire and how this next coach performs at Memphis is going to define Bowen's time here at Memphis. I think it is because the school it's it's still a basketball school it's still a basketball city it's hoop city, so the fans are going to care more about the basketball program because of the passion that the fans have for it. So if he doesn't knock a home, he's literally got to hit a home run, hit one out of the park. We're doing lawn care commercials now, right in the middle of the podcast. Go ahead. What were you saying? He's basically got to hit a hit one out of the park, or he's going to look at it like as a failure no matter how great Norvell does or how well the football program does if this basketball team doesn't get back to that Calipari level then he's going to be looked at as a failure as, as far as athletic as an goes. AD can he survive a bad coaching hire or I don't, I don't think done? he can is he is it's, he now on the hot seat he is I think so because okay. the program has been down for the last seven years with passenger and fans are fed well, up with it he, didn't, ready he for, didn't hire passenger. I know he didn't I know he didn't but fans are still going to react like he did if he if he if this fa- if this hire becomes a failure it's not looking good for Bowen but does he survive if football continues to do well. I mean, if football continues to play well and they expand to another conference mm-hmm. because of football, does that help him even if basketball isn't doing well? It helps his case, but I don't think it ultimately saves him. Oh, yeah, that'll save him whole. Oh, I don't know. No, no. Listen, if football does well and they end up making a jump to a Power 5 conference. Which I believe they will. Well, Big 12. Keep, keep hope alive. I've given up hope. How? I have because it hasn't happened yet. Give it. I, I, I've, give, I've give it three weeks. 
give it th- give three, it three weeks. On, three weeks. Three weeks. Three weeks. This Tiger fan through and through. Drew must Mr. know Optimist. That, three weeks. Have some inside information. Three weeks. Big Twelve. Here we if, come. If, if not, if if they happen, probably they'll make the announcement that will join the Big Twelve in two thousand and seventeen. If that happens, then he saves his job. Then he's no longer on the hot seat because at the end of the day, when you're mm. the athletic director from some of these football playing members of the NCAA, mm. uh, D1 or FBS, however you want to look at it, when you're one of the football playing members, your goal yeah. as athletic director is to get or to stay or to be invited to mm. a Power 5 conference because it's so much money to be made once you join those yeah. conferences that if he does that, even if basketball takes a couple of steps back, he should be fine. And you're very you're right about that fact. There is a pot I think he, he probably will if football does continue to thrive like that. But now that I've said like the bad things have happened about if if it's not a home run, if it is a home run, Bowen's got all the momentum in the world. If he can pull off a Greg Marshall or even a Bruce Pearl out of this hire, he's got so much momentum. I think his relationship with Rudd changes because you know how invested Dr. Uh, David Rudd has been into the athletic programs here at Memphis. And he can just carry that momentum, I think, to, to parlay us into a Big 12 or who knows? I mean, did you get you think you think hiring a good basketball coach will yeah. will put you in one of these major conferences? Because I don't. Well, I was listening to. Let me. I'm not going to take credit for this, but because uh, that's just wrong. I'm no, not going to take credit for that. Always. I was listening to fishing stats yesterday. Brett Norsworthy uh, said it perfectly. If he can pull off a Greg Marshall, he's got so much momentum that he can basically just you know call anybody, call the Big Twelve. Call the SEC. All they can do is tell you no. But you actually, now that football is getting better, and you make a great hire like Greg Marshall, you get a guy that's proven himself at, at a low school like Wichita State to come into Memphis and turn that turn this program around. Who knows? Why why wouldn't you accept Memphis? They haven't. I mean, they just haven't done it so far. I don't know what the reasoning is. I. With the Big 12, I know what the reasoning is. They're still making enough. There's still enough pie there mm-hmm. for everybody to not only eat but gorge themselves off the dollars that they're making. It's just like, yo, there's no need for us to add. And then with the recent uh, decision by the NCAA to allow you to play a conference uh, championship no matter what, mm-hmm. uh, even if you only have 10 teams, I mean, that, that just helps that case out yeah. all the more. You bring up Greg Marshall. Um, you want Greg Marshall here? I do. I want Greg. I think he's the best candidate uh, out there. I think he's a, obviously a phenomenal coach. Um, here's the problem, though. I don't fully believe. I'm not 100% sure that we can get Greg Marshall. He's turned down jobs like Alabama, South Carolina, Tennessee, three uh, okay schools. I mean, obviously, Memphis is a much better basketball program than any of those three historically. But he's turned down a lot of money. And I don't know how much money Bowen and Rudd is going to be willing to give up because you don't want to have another $10.3 million buyout right. debacle. You don't want to have another situation like that. So if four and a half a year from Alabama last year couldn't get Greg, Mar- Greg Marshall there, I don't know if Memphis can even offer that uh, that type of amount. Uh, but, you know, Alabama last year went in the direction of Avery Johnson – 
uh, former NBA coach. Mm-hmm. He did have successes there. They did not make the NCAA tournament, but they had a much better season than they had in the previous year. So, I mean, there are a lot of fired NBA coaches out there who want to get back into coaching. I mean, remember, Calipari was a fired mm-hmm. NBA coach when he came to coach at Memphis. And, um, you know, Scott Brooks from Oklahoma City, you know, he's still out there. I mean, yeah, he got re- he got replaced by a college coach, so he can go back to college and coach himself. Mm-hmm. So I think there are a lot of um, a lot of names that people aren't looking at from that aspect to go into the professional ranks and try to pull somebody who has had success, even, even a small amount of success at the professional ranks, at the, at the college ranch can actually be beneficial for you. You can be a better coach on the college side. Uh, we don't say the LH name on this show. No, we don't no, say. We don't say. I L- did not mention them. We don't I say. Not, I knew, we don't but say LH. Kind of leaning towards it. We don't say LP, <laughs> and we don't use the M word. The MM word. It's either on this show. I'm not 100 percent sure what the MM word. Is. Well, yeah. we'll we'll talk about it some here in a little bit. Okay. Um, but <laughs> how does, crazy does, is it, Marcus? That that folks out there are mentioning LH like fans I nobody think, nobody like winning nobody, power but, nobody but fans here are like media, you know you know like, who would be great to coach I think, LH I think stupid callers <laughs> what that says is fans in this city there there are smart basketball fans in the city who realize how good of a coach LH was when he was here in the city of Memphis and that he probably would still be doing a good job with the team that he was fired from had he still been here and all the great things that he you know sure LH wasn't great with the media didn't like talking and you know he wasn't the most uh, you know he wasn't the greatest person to put in front of a camera. <laughs> then how would he be a, that greatest person to put in front of a recruit? But he, oh, he would. Oh, no, that's oh, 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 recruiting players. I mean, sitting down talking to a guy about X's and O's, about player development, mm-hmm. getting a guy better. That's something that LH could really sell. And the folks in the city of Memphis would love to have him back because even though he doesn't, even though he doesn't coach the team in Memphis anymore, mm-hmm. he still comes back to the city and does a lot of things for the city. He was invested in the city. Yeah. His children went to school here, and so I think that he would be a good fit. But I just don't think that he would necessarily mm-hmm. want that particular job. And it's like you said, it's it shows that Memphis basketball fans are smart. Yeah, they are, and, and they get a little frustrated. Some they of get them, a little some frazzled. of them are smart. Not not they, all they of them. This, this has got you to be to one side. of the, the smarter fan bases across mm-hmm. sports is Memphis basketball yeah. fans. Um, and they, they know what's up. And unfortunately, I don't think LH would come in and take this job. And I don't think it would, I don't think it would be a good fit anyway. Mm-hmm. Because you, to, to work here, to be a coach here in the city of Memphis, you have to, have to, have to, A, be able to get fans to come out mm-hmm. and B, you gotta have media members on your side, man. You can't be you can't be cantankerous and and short with media members because when things start to go wrong, they pounce on you immediately. And Memphis loves their media members just as much as they love their basketball oh, yeah. team, both teams. So you you've got to be able to work well with them. And sort of sort of how Fuente is, uh-huh. or Fuente was, was how Norvell no. is. How uh, passionate was passionate, at the beginning, but at the was. end, that's what killed him. The media, he got short with the media. He blamed the fans. He blamed the students of the university. That's one thing you should never do. Don't blame me. I'm a I'm a full time college student with four jobs. If yeah. I can't make it to your game, so what? And you're not gonna you're not gonna stretch yourself thin to make it to see a team that's gonna lose. Exactly. Right. I right. mean, and we all saw the. Media, just, especially the commercial appeal, ate Pastner alive. The they had been, year. they had been so they killed him, so lenient to a man 
who probably to a coach who probably didn't deserve that type of leniency. Mm-hmm. They have been so lenient up until this point. And when it broke, it broke and it happened fast and it oh, happened they, hard. The they, commercial appeal, Jeff Calkins, John Smith was uh, pastor's number one enemy for all like three months. All of them. Yeah, he the, wrote the, some articles. I mean, basically, who? I mean, he outlined how the university like get when, rid of and him. when that happens, I mean, when that starts to happen, that should never coaches, happen. Coaches don't last long when that no. starts to happen, and that should never happen because I, I, I think as a professional, you, it, it's not your position to say that somebody else should be fired from their job. Well, I mean, Calkins was writing not as a beat writer; he was writing as a columnist. And a columnist is allowed to do opinion. I understand that a columnist is allowed to do an opinion, but I just think as a professional, it is you, you shouldn't call for another person's job, mm-hmm. even if it is your personal opinion, because you're 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 calling out somebody's livelihood. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, this guy has a family, he yeah. has children. You know, he, one day his kids are going to grow up and they're going to Google his name and they're going to read these oh, you know, yeah. articles and things of that nature. So, I just think that that's just me personally. I know some people are different, mm-hmm. but you know, no, I agree with you. I know I. If I had children, I'd never want them to uh, read things written about me like that. Yeah. If I had kids and I was making two and a half mil a year with a ten point ten point six five million dollar buyout, we already know that with money you don't care. I will print the article out and I will hang it. I will frame it in their bedroom and I will say, "Son, look at this. You see this right here? This right here is an article written by a hater because." He doesn't make two point six five million dollars a year. <laughs> you are that all about the is. money. Hey, you you don't care about anything, about. but you are because all you about the money. I can't, I can't feel for somebody who's making that much money. I can't. Two point six five. I'm not saying I feel bad for him. I'm just saying if I was in that situation, make it two point six five million dollars, and you wouldn't want. Would you take right now? If I offered you two point six five million, said Drew, two point six five million dollars right now today. And Jeff Calkins is going to slam you in tomorrow's commercial appeal. Would you take it? Oh, I'm taking the money. Oh, of course you are. We all are. See, well, I got to pay rent. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> see, this is what Pastor can do. If Pastor goes to Georgia, take turns Georgia take around and go to the tournament, win some games, and is successful, you 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 laminate it, or you laminate it, and then you mail it to Calkins, and you say, "Remember, you said these things about me because remember, he was the same guy saying that it would be." Just idiotic for the city of Memphis to bring Zach Randolph in from the Clippers. I mean, right. he wrote an article just tearing Zach Randolph down right. a year before they actually made that mm-hmm. trade, and Zach Randolph came to Memphis and became, you know, probably the greatest Grizzly ever. Mm-hmm. So, no, I mean, I, I take it a step further. I think that you take the article and you show up to the commercial appeal one day and you say, Calkins, I need to frame this. Would you mind autographing it? I love your work. <laughs> <laughs> and just roll like that, man. Uh, we we bring up the fact. Well, before we get into how Josh Pastner got the Georgia Tech mm-hmm. job, I got one more one more quick question. Before we got into all the Calkins stuff, we were saying about the names that people who That's cannot be want. mentioned. Does Josh Pastner now become JP? No, he no, does. No, no, because Memphians, he doesn't. He, uh, not like LP. What about LP? No, Memphians like Josh Pastner. Let's get that understood right now. They didn't like. One of those coaches who names I will not say. They didn't like LP. They couldn't stand him. I didn't. Didn't like him. I hate didn't like him because he was cantankerous. He was short, and he was abrasive. Didn't like him. He didn't have the same rapport with the fans. Didn't have the same rapport with the media as Passner did at one point in time. So Passner, we can say Josh Passner for forever, and it it just is what it is. Josh Passner was a nice guy who did a poor job of coaching a basketball team. You can do just fine saying his name. 
passenger's name will never be banned on anybody's show. Um, Memphis, can Memphis get Marshall? Does Memphis? Do you want Marshall to come and coach Marcus? He's coming from one of those either Wichita. If Wichita he's State's a, he's not a, a mid major, if Wichita State's not a mid major, it's a power major. That's that's the coin. That's a phrase we coined. Mm, right, so, we power major. So, so would Memphis you want him be a power come? major as well? Yes. So I'm not. So I'm not getting in that conversation. So basically, you're taking a lateral move. I can't, I can't get in that. That's how we even came up with the term power, two power years major. ago because we were talking listen, about listen, Memphis. Check this, <laughs> check this out. One day I'm gonna have. Uh, Kevin Sarito on this show, and we're going to sit down. Maybe this summer when everything slows down some. He and I had a heated conversation via phone about the dreaded MM word and how it just it just got heated on the phone. So we'll have him in here, and I'll oh, tell I you why. Oh, I know MM means. Now. Yeah, you back you back dialed in. Yeah. So okay, so Wichita I'm, State is a power major. Greg Marshall is that the best Memphis can do right now? Or should, they, or should they take a look at some of these, like you said, Marcus, some of these uh, ex-NBA coaches who may want to get back in the coaching game after seeing the success of Avery Johnson and others at the collegiate level? I think it's the best hire. Like I said a minute a minute ago, it, he's the new Shaka Smart. He's the guy who's been who's just been doing phenomenal at Wichita State like Shaka did at VCU, just waiting for that next job, that job that can uh, give him the platform to elevate his career and his legacy as a college coach and Memphis can be that place that you do it. It can it can be his Texas. Okay. So that would that would make Memphis a little bit more than yes. a power major if it's if it's the Texas. I if it's his Texas. It could be. Yeah. Well, you know, if that, they, that is I mean obviously now, some thing, you know, other what, things have to fall in line, but mm-hmm. it could end up being his Texas. Wichita State, I think, is about to start falling back down to mm. earth some and joining some of the other mid-majors a little bit uh, because of the fact Van Vliet is gone and Baker's gone. I expect both of them to see some type mm. of run in the NBA as role players. I like both of their games a lot. Um, they're gone now, and I think that when that run started, both of them were there as freshmen or sophomores, and freshmen. they just they just rolled that run out. And mm. I think that Marshall is like, okay, these guys are gone. I saw them through it all. I'm ready to go. I think it would be a decent hire for Memphis. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it it is uh, going to take me to another issue that I'm having right now. And part of the reason why I'm sad today oh. and disillusioned with, with sports. Um, how did Josh Passion get the job at Georgia Tech? Like, I'm happy for Memphis fans. I'm thrilled for Memphis fans. I have so many friends. My girlfriend is a Memphis mm-hmm. alum. She loves the Tigers. She's walking around all sad after the East Carolina loss. Like, why don't they just fire that man? Mm-hmm. And so I'm happy for you, Drew, and Kevin Cerrito, and all of the, the Memphians out mm-hmm. there who are Tiger fans. Because, I mean, you weren't going to be able to pay him out. Mm-hmm. So And not buy him out. Pay him his no. salary. I mean, you weren't going to be able to do it and not have him coach. Uh, so I'm happy for you guys, but Thank this, you. this makes me sad. I'm happy as sad. well. I haven't stopped celebrating. How did he get that job? Why? Uh, they, had, they had nobody else. I mean, they kept going down the list, and they were like, all right, just throwing darts at the board. Let's call that guy. And they and called I mean, him, and he answered the call. I think this is the exact thing that happened with their last coach. Uh, they basically bailed him out of a of a terrible situation. He was so bad. Passing was so bad oh, when yeah. you look at it. The last two seasons – uh, thirty-seven and twenty-nine record, eighteen and eighteen in conference, five and twenty-four versus top twenty-five, all time versus uh top twenty-five, five and twenty-four. Like, and you're going to hire this man to come coach in the ACC, where it's only top twenty-five teams. It mm-hmm. seems like year in year out. I don't know what they expect him to do or why you make that hire. I understand, Marcus. Like you said, he was so far down on the list. 
so far down. You, they just knew that he was gonna take the. He would have taken any. I think at the same level of Memphis or better, he would have taken any job. Yeah, I, I mean, mean any and job, it's a, and it's a smart move for him. I, that's him. I'm talking this. My sadness is about Georgia Tech and the rest of college basketball. Oh, I know. When I tweet. I, I, when I, I, I tweeted down, out that my thoughts and prayers are with GT. When I sit down there, well, I don't care. I'm not praying for them. They they made me sad. I'm not praying for them. When I look out at the college basketball landscape from a head coaching standpoint and a demographic standpoint mm-hmm. specifically, when you got over 56 percent of your players as black, um, and only 20 percent of your coaches is black, that that concerns me. When you're talking about college basketball, where 16 coach, 15, excuse me, coaching vacancies by my count have been filled, mm-hmm. and 11 of those coaches have been white, and one and four of them have been black, that that concerns me. When I look at the fact that um, oh, what's my man's name? Laval Jordan at Michigan, mm. assistant coach under Beeline, been there for six, seven years. Was there for the Final Four run? Was there for two Elite Eight runs? Been trained by one of the most respected men in college basketball, uh, Coach Beeline. When I look at him and see that he had to take a job at Wisconsin Milwaukee, and I only know where Wisconsin Milwaukee is because they say Wisconsin Milwaukee in the title. <laughs> you look at Damon Stoudemire sitting on the bench and at Memphis. I think he's going to be a great coach, but he has to get started at Pacific. I think if, when you look I know at that, I, when you look at the fact that uh, Damon would have had a shot at the Memphis job if he just would have waited a, two weeks. Well, listen, man, you can't sit around and wait. When you look at the fact that Stanford fires their coach. And he he falls all the way down to Central Florida. So not only is that a a severe step down, it's only one level down. It's not even one level, going, full level down. It's not like the man dropped from division from Power Five from D one Power Five to Central Florida. That's not multiple steps down to you. I mean, co- conference wise, no. I think I mean the Americans obviously six, Pac twelve in basketball maybe four. Drew. Stanford and Central Florida. I know they're not. Compa- I know that Stanford is head 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 and shoulders over Central Florida. I know that, but conference wise, it's not that big of a step. It's not like he went from the Pac-12 down to the Missouri Valley. It, it's not like he went from or a from poor to, team. or 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 he's now coaching at NAIA or NCCAA. It's not like Coach Dawkins went from a a Power Five team to a bad a bad American Athletic Conference team. I mean, yeah, we he went to a bad, right? So you see that you see that drop off. Yeah. Meanwhile, Passner he he's coaching a bad team. He was coaching a bad Power Five team at the time. A bad, excuse me, a bad uh Memphis team at the mm-hmm. time, and he gets this job at a Power Five school in the ACC. Like that doesn't, I guess that doesn't bother anybody else but me. Like I mean, the fact that black coaches you have to be think exceptional. It's a race thing? Oh, it, is it not? Fifteen it coaches hired, only yeah. eleven of them. All eleven. Fifteen coaches hired, only four of them are black. Eleven of them white, and the black coaches are being hired at mid-major schools, mm. not at Power Five schools. That's not black. That's yeah. not a race. I mean, I think the thing is when you are a minority coaching candidate, 
it's almost like you can't be a top assistant and get a job at a Power 5 conference. You have to start off at the mid-major level, whereas coaches like Josh Passioner, wasn't, he was not even the top assistant and was able to get a job like at the University of Memphis, unsuccessful at that job, and falls into a job at Georgia Tech. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit um, on Cerrito Live. I mean, you had Lane Kiffin. Um, a coach who has been a failure pretty much at every head coaching job he's had, mm-hmm. but yet has been a, given opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. I mean, you see it time and time again, whereas if you are a minority coach, if you are unsuccessful once, it's like you're blackballed and you're not, you're not going to get any other opportunities. I mean, Avery Johnson, I mean, he was a really good coach for the Dallas Mavericks, mm-hmm. but couldn't get another job in the NBA. Another to, coach? Mike Davis. Took Indiana to uh, NCAA championship game. Taper all, tapered off there towards the end of his stay at Indiana. I understand Indiana's fan bases, they're intense, especially with basketball. Oh, yeah. So leaves Indiana, goes to UAB, does pretty well at UB, yeah. UAB, except for the first year and his last year. And it looked like UAB was just trying to find a reason to get rid of Coach mm-hmm. Davis. You know, and now he's down. You know where he is? He is. There's a difference in power major, mid major, and them schools in the 300s. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, Mike Davis has gone from power five school to mid major at UAB, where they won a conference championship at them when they were in CUSA. Let's not forget that. Mm. He, they were upset because they weren't going to enough tournaments. And to my knowledge, they hadn't been since they got rid of Coach Davis. Um, and now he's at Texas State. He's at Texas State, mm. way down in the swack. Like and so that's the thing with black coaches. If like you said, Marcus, if you mess up, you're not going to get another shot. I mean, what what about Mike Anderson over at Arkansas? He hasn't had the best ten. He hasn't had the best time over there. But, but Arkansas, there's no there's no they they're not going to fire him because Arkansas is still um, trying to make up for what they did to Nolan Richardson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Arkansas is like, you know what? We did Nolan Richardson wrong. We're gonna, you know. Make make things a little bit easier. I mean, but you got to think about these other co- coaches like Mark Jackson. Why is Mark Jackson not a head coach anywhere? I mean, you know, I you, think he'd be a great college coach. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me that that a guy like Mark Jackson can't get a job. I mean, it is unfortunate, but I mean, it's something that minority coaches have become used to, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And you know, the, a lot of these guys know they're going to get one shot, and you know, it's almost like the Eminem song: you want to get one shot, do not miss your chance to blow, because opportunity comes once in a lifetime. Shaka Smart go. Shaka yeah. Smart loses at Texas. He'll be coaching in the Swacker Miak. That's that's just how it goes. I don't, I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, Shaka Smart loses at Texas. As soon as he starts to lose at Texas, he is done. He, he coaches minority coaches don't get the same leeway. I mean, we see and we're dealing with the Texas football team. Football Charlie team. Strong mess yeah. around and have another losing season. Charlie Strong mess around and loses two games before October. He's out at Texas and he'll never coach at a Power Five school again. And honestly, last year that Texas team, while their record wasn't good, they were they a were few plays game. away mm-hmm. from having they a were? really good record. Yeah, so I it mean, just. I remember Sylvester Kuma at Mississippi State. Well, a year after being here named coach, bringing him up, a man. year after being named coach of the year. He's fired from Mississippi State because you know his field goal kicker missed three game-winning field goals, and and that's that's just that's just the facts and how it is. And this passenger situation has saddened me because it, it continues to point it out mm-hmm. where white coaches get all these opportunities, and even if you slip up and you stumble, you can always get another quality opportunity later down the line. Mm-hmm. For black coaches, that's not necessarily the case. And I don't know who all was on Georgia Tech's 
uh, short list of coaches. I mean, and there might have been. Conzo Martin was on that list. They reached out to him, mm-hmm. but outside of that, I'm not really well, Conzo, certain. He's not. He's and not, not going to. There's leave no Cal, way you'd leave. Cal. Which, is, which is fine. I understand that. But how do we get all the way down this list to passion to a coach who clearly doesn't deserve that job? Because nobody Mike, else wanted the when job. When you have Mike, you didn't offer the job to anybody else. Laval Jordan would have loved that job. You didn't offer it to Mike Davis. You you don't even look at uh, Hamptons Edward Joyner Jr., who has by the way taken the taken Hampton. Hampton. Do you know where Hampton is, Drew? Uh, no. Right, it's Virginia Beach, and you, I only know it because I, I'm big in HBCUs. Oh, okay. But you you take Hampton to to three NCAA tournaments mm. in your tenure, and Hampton before then has been to three NCAA tournaments before you got there. You're telling me that coach right there doesn't deserve a look at some of these majors from some of these major schools? I'm not saying he doesn't. I mean, I'm obviously not on the board at Georgia Tech, and I don't right. know uh, how their hiring process works. And I'm not going to sit here and say that it's it that what you've said is incorrect because it, it it is. I mean, I honestly agree with you that you know minority coaches do have to overcome steps, and not just coaches, but minorities in general have to overcome steps that I personally will never have to do. So I don't want. I so I personally don't like to compare myself to that because I know I'll never go through those struggles. I don't understand how it is. So as a white male. You know, it's hard for me to wrap my brain around it because I, the way that I've had to go through life has been a lot easier. And I, I mean, maybe I've had some things handed to me because I'm white. And but it's, it's, and when you get into a topic like this, it's so hard to like pick and choose like what's okay to like say, what's not okay to say about it. And the discussion needs to be broadened into where, you know, we can, figure out why these guys aren't like actually you know we've actually got to get into the minds of the ad's and the presidents of these universities and I've honestly ask them why aren't more minority coaches that are being very successful at mid-majors or um lower schools not being considered people have and that's asked. the only way people have asked and they'll, they'll nobody answers they'll skirt that question pretty easily here's the thing and then we'll be done and so you can hurry up and get to your your random story of the week true get you hire people who you know through other people. Like that's that's mm-hmm. pretty much how it goes. And if you only know white people, which the the country is still pretty segregated mm. still today. If, and if that's all you know, if I'm AD over at Georgia Tech and I call up my buddy who's AD over at I don't I don't know how that worked over at North Carolina or something like that. And we're mm-hmm. sitting down, we're talking, we're chit chatting, yada yada yada, whoop de whoop. Like, hey, I need a coach. You know anybody? Like, no, I know my agent though. He might know some people. Mm-hmm. And you talk to that agent who's also white. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I got a bunch of clients, all white. And he's like, yeah, why don't you look at this coach who's probably white? That's how it works. It's the that that is the definition of the good old boy network. So and so if you don't know the right people, which black coaches don't because they're not in those social mm-hmm. circles then you don't get in. So the way that we change this is you need more minorities at the in the AD positions and at presidents of universities. Well, that's a 100 100% correct, That's Drew. a conversation. That's Smart a different man. conversation. But, yeah, you're right. You need more in those positions, and that's even you even have less minorities in those positions mm-hmm. than you do as coaches. Uh, real quick, and then we'll get to this random story. Uh, I saw somewhere where the, the board, the, the people who vote on NCAA rules and mm-hmm. everything like that, uh, I think there's one woman and no black people on that. Like that's that I'm pretty sure that's a story that I got. Mm. And that's wild. That is wild that that is where we are right. What about now. like uh just 
when you said minority and woman, I thought of uh, Connalisa Rice on the football selection of the, the five, yeah the yeah. selection committee. Is yeah. she the only woman or minority on that? On the no, she's the only woman on there. Yeah, she's not the only minority. Not, I think okay. Ty Willingham is still there, and they're they're finna go through, and mm-hmm. they're getting new people in there as well right now. Uh, we got to take a quick break, and then when we get back, Drew's got a story for us to talk about. Do you live in Memphis? Do you suffer from weekday boredom? Do you sit around on weeknights looking at your phone trying to find something to do? If so, simply ask your doctor about trivia with Kevin Cerrito. All right, maybe that's a little weird. Instead, just stop playing on your phone and start inviting your friends to play trivia with Kevin Cerrito. It's more than just your average mind-numbing pub quiz. It's trivia night with questions and stuff you and your friends know in life, featuring unique weekly themes including movies, music, 90s TV shows, current events, and more. Come see for yourself why Paul Ryburn's journal calls Kevin Cerrito a quote trivia master all shows are free to play for more information on locations weekly themes and drink specials visit cerritotrivia.com or like cerrito trivia on facebook and browse the best team name hall of fame side effects may include lean prices laughing out loud high-fiving eating mass quantities of delicious food consumption of adult beverages rock paper scissors and spend quality time with friends now play cerrito trivia every monday night in germantown at belmont grill every tuesday night on broad avenue at rec room every wednesday night downtown at tamp and tap every thursday night on south main at the green beetle and arcade restaurant Kevin Cerrito Trivia, CerritoTrivia.com. And through the magic of podcasts, we are back. Uh, Drew, random story this week. Well, my random story was the Caucasian shirts that we already talked about, but I just thought of something else we can talk about. What? Talk about me and my great dance skills that I showed off for the Good second girl. year in a row at the Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Flip Flop Stroll Off yesterday. What? what? Wait, representing no, what? the yeah, lovely. Hold on. The lovely. Hold The who? The Alpha. The AKA? AKA's first and finest. Yeah, they are. Pretty ladies. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. But, hey, I was pretty on AKA. Yeah. All them pearls. Yeah, I forget the number. but the pearls. I, right. I, hey, I represented AKA last year. This year, I was paired up with the... Uh, women of Sigma Gamma Rho. Oh, oh it's G Rho. Oh, the poodles, the sexy poodles, and the yellow T Rose. Yeah. Okay, the mighty blue and fourteen karat gold. Hey, man. <laughs> hold on, hold on. See, I, <laughs> oh my see, I knew he would know. I knew he would know the handshake. Oh, oh my goodness. He said S G Rose and AKA. Oh mm-hmm. my I was word. Like, okay. Oh, good grief. <laughs> we came in third place. Okay, good. Out of three. Okay, well, don't don't say that. Just say we came in third place, man. Leave it alone. <laughs> I know, but it was very it's very entertaining. I'll, I'm probably gonna. I had to film it for a class yesterday for the Tiger News Station. Make um, that go viral. So it's gonna be it's gonna be on uh on YouTube. So for everybody that wants to watch it, but that's obvious. That's one of my favorite things to do at at the University of Memphis is the stroll off. I look forward to it every year, and I, I can't wait to do it again next year. I bet you do. It's so much fun. I look great doing it. <laughs> Marcus, man, we, we are done, man. Thank you guys for listening so much. Marcus, where can the people find you? Uh, you can find me um, on WAPT uh, in Jackson, Mississippi, uh, morning news anchor there. You can also check us out on WAPT.com, download our app. If you wake up in the morning and you're in Memphis and you want to know what's going on in Mississippi, because we got a lot of news going on down there, if you haven't been listening or paying attention lately. <laughs> Woo, in the capital city, there's been a lot going on. So, WAPT, download our app, go on the website. If you're in the Jackson, Mississippi area, watch us on Channel 16, and um, you can uh, check me out there. Uh, y'all still number one down there? Um, we're fighting for number one uh, oh. between the uh, number, the traditional number one station, uh, 
W. I'm not going to even say their call. Don't it. don't say that. The NBC no. station is traditional number one, but we have what definitely station are you like Fox, CBS, ABC, ABC. ABC. Yeah, yeah. We've uh, we've closed in on them. We have taken over number one uh, before. Uh, they grabbed it back, but uh, you know we're in a constant battle. Let's so. do it. Let's Hunter boy got you, Drew. Twitter. Uh, follow me on Twitter at dbarrett36. Follow me on Instagram at dbarrett1236. Don't forget to use the hashtag Memphis Sports History. Help me out in my class. Help me get an A. Uh, you can listen to me every Wednesday and Friday on WMRU92, the sports desk, uh, with Kimaya Malone and JT Mullins for the greatest college perspective in sports. And possible blue and gray show after the spring game. So that that might be coming up. Might be doing that. Awesome. Yeah, by the way, I'm Marcus underscore underscore Hunter on Twitter and Instagram. Marcus underscore underscore Hunter. Check me out at Con Radicalness on both Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and listen to us on Cerrito Lives mm-hmm. Saturdays from 11 to 1 on Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. And give me my jacket back. If you have my jacket out there, I want it back. Thank you, Marcus, for joining us. For CJ. For sure. No problem. I'm CJ. Uh, we'll talk to you next time, folks. Have a wonderful and blessed day.